Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back to the Say It Again Sports Podcast with Justin and Jacob, presented by the Say It Again Network. Let's get into some of the hottest sports news from coast to coast. And for those that need a louder in the back, let's say it again. All right, guys, I want to make sure you first heard our big announcement. Say It Again Sports is now the Say It Again Network. Uh, We are bringing on more podcasts, more content, more podcasters, more everything. So Say It Again Sports is going to break their twice a week uh, episodes up into a specific basketball and football episode where Josh and Joel will be eventually taking over the football podcast um, a name TBD. Uh, Josh has had some really, really great names uh, that I love personally. Uh, and we just, we're going to nail that out here soon. And then Jacob and Joel are going to join together for our basketball segment. And then State Again Sports will still be here. We will be a weekly sports rundown uh, of all the news throughout the week. And Jacob and I will still be hosting that. Also, we're going to add a non sports podcast for all of you non sporty people which at this point, probably no one is really listening to me at this, uh, at this moment. But we're going to add a pop culture podcast, uh, which will feature uh, two lovely women. And it's, it's going to be a great podcast. I, they're already working on ideas, and I'm, I'm personally I'm in love with it already. So keep following us on social media. Nothing's changing. It's the same pages. Uh, our, our handles are changing to VC, uh, VCA Network. So just be on the lookout uh, just in case you're telling people to follow us. But keep keep up with us on social media. Now, with that all being said, welcome back here to Sadie and Sports. I'm Justin with our, my co-hosts, Jacob, Joel, and Josh. We're here to talk about football today because, you know, it's Tuesday. So we're going we're gonna to get right into football. I could not find an on this day in the NFL for some reason. I mean, with training camps going and everything, I, I literally could not find any news. There's probably news out there, but however, I did find something significant. So on August 20th, 1920, the American Professional Football Association forms, which would later become the National Football League. Um, so I thought that was really, really significant. I couldn't miss that one uh, because it wasn't. It wouldn't be August twentieth by the time I go to record or by the time we go to record next week. Now, for the three of you, I have a trivia question here for you that does not deal with August twentieth of nineteen twenty, which was a hundred years ago. 
The Super Bowl this year is on February 7th. It's February 7th, 2021. There have only been two Super Bowls in history that share this date, and one quarterback played in both of those Super Bowls. Do you know who it was? Tom Brady. Tom Brady would be a really, really, really good guess because he's been in like a quarter of all the Super Bowls, but it's not Tom Brady. This is a hard question. I know. Let me repeat the question. Okay, so Super Bowl this year is February 7th. So in the history of all the Super Bowls, there's only been two Super Bowls that have been on February 7th, and only one quarterback in the history of the NFL has played in both of those Super Bowls on February 7th. Who was that quarterback? Troy Aikman. Troy Aikman's a guess. Any any other guesses? Man, I don't even Jacob. Know start. Um, man, I have no idea. So Troy Aikman and Tom Brady are the guesses. I, well, I already said Tom Brady is not the right one, but Jacob's going with Terry Bradshaw. Because... All right, Jacob's going with sure. Terry Bradshaw. I'll, I'll go with okay. Terry Bradshaw. That was my that was my number two. So you could have it, Jake. So Joel is that my time. <laughs> Joel's looking up the answer right now, but he, he was the closest one to the uh, the correct answer because you have to think February 7th is a new date for the Super Bowl. It was right. never this late. It was always the Pro Bowl. Once they flipped the Pro Bowl and the Super Bowl, it's not. Once they flipped the Super Bowl, well, he was in one of them, actually. Um, but No, actually, no, I'm wrong. I'm wrong there. He was not in any of them. Once they flipped the Super Bowl and the Pro Bowl, the Super Bowl came after the Pro Bowl, which put the games on February 7th. I only know this because that's my birthday, so this is very special to me. But Peyton Manning was the answer. So oh. he lost to the Saints on February 7th, 2010, and then he beat the Panthers, uh, which was the MVP that year. So, yep, Peyton Manning is the only quarterback to play in both February 7th Super Bowls. Unfortunately, unless he all of a sudden makes a comeback, he will not be in the Super Bowl this year. Spoiler alert. Uh, however, I do expect the Colts to be there because they better. Moving on here, uh, we're going to pl- uh, do a, kind of a newer segment. Uh, we're still going to do the news, but we're going to do pick your news. So I'm going to read off six topics here, and each of you get to pick one segment, and then we'll talk about it and move on to the next. So do we want to talk about the CFL canceling their season, the first black NFL president in league history, Darius Geis again, Alex Smith, the Dallas Cowboys defensive line situation or the Chiefs finalizing their uh, how they're going to host games this season. Now you got, so Jacob, we'll start with you. Uh, you get to pick the first topic. Okay. So I want to talk about Darius Geis for just a little bit here. Um, and just all that has transpired with this guy. Uh, I really liked him initially and I really felt bad for him when he had all these injuries, I thought he had great potential. Um, but now you see what he's doing outside of football and, and, and you're definitely not as impressed. He uh, has counts of, you know, strangulation and assault and battery that date back since March of this year um, against his girlfriend, which he supposedly has attacked on three different occasions. And what is most recently is a speeding ticket going 95 and a 55 and, like this is his four speeding ticket over 13 months. So like, obviously, you know, he's going through some trouble and, you know, all those injuries piling up, not be able to play. I know, you know, mental wise, something has to be setting in and making him, you know, act out in this way, but like, this is not the way to go. Like, like you pretty much are, are removed from the NFL for a very long time by, 
kind of doing this stuff. At least that's that's my thought. I mean, go back to see what happened with like Ray Rice and players like that. Like you just don't make a comeback from this. Well, Jacob, you literally took every single thing I was going to say about this news topic, but that's that's fine. Um, yeah, so like I mean, like you said, this is his fourth speeding ticket in the last thirteen months, and he could face up to one year in jail. Um, so that's actually kind of significant on top of all the stuff he, he could potentially get with the domestic violence. Um, this is kind of interested what's going on here. Uh, I think it's another player that's kind of losing his touch in the NFL. And I don't, I don't see him coming back at this point. Um, Josh, Joel, do you guys have any opinions on that? Uh, to, to, to align with Jacob, I, on one hand, I do feel, do feel somewhat bad for him. Um, but at the same time, it's a story that we've all seen and heard before. Um, I think coming in as a rookie uh, and then and then being injured and we see the kind of frustration that can build up in a player uh, and that usually manifests itself in, in various ways. Like for him, it seems to manifest itself in, in uh, irresponsible behavior and, um, and physical violence. So I think it's, it's pretty, it's pretty well understood that um, domestic violence is, is, is unacceptable. Um, what I would say for the Washington organization then is um, I hope that they've uh, they're going to get, they're going to get this kid some help. And I hope that this wasn't something that they ignored for a while and it's kind of come to a head. Um, so that's, that's something that I, I don't necessarily feel the need to to research and point fingers and stuff like that, because ultimately the player is responsible for their own behavior. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would like to see, I would like to see evidence of Washington trying to help him get on the right path. And that's, that's, that's really all I'm looking for there. Yeah. I, I agree with everything. All you guys have said, I'd say two things. One with being a, a NFL player and being a professional athlete, there's the physical element, which he checks a list completely. We all have seen him play, and we know that he checks a list on that, in that regard. But then there's also the mental aspect and being able to handle the pressure, um, like Josh was saying, and being able to handle all the situations that comes with being a, a 22-year-old millionaire and you know having fast cars and being in these situations that you're going to have to deal with every day. And if you aren't on the level to handle that from a maturity standpoint, you're not going to last long. So that's the first thing. Second thing is, if someone shows you who they are, believe them. Like they're, they're not lying to you. If someone gets in trouble multiple times, believe them. They, that's their personality. That's who they're going to be. If you're willing to take that risk for your franchise, go ahead. Most of these NFL teams aren't because there's another guy who's coming in next year who's just as good as you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it kind of shows a pattern over time. And I mean, the, these speeding tickets, I mean, like, like Doyle said, he's a 22 year old millionaire with fast cars. I mean, at some point, I mean, the personality does have to come in here and he, he does have to be held for his own actions. Um, but yeah, I agree. He, he definitely does need to, some help. It sounds like, all right, next topic here. Um, so Darius guys is out. Uh, let's go Josh here. CFL first uh, black NFL president, Alex Smith, the Cowboys or the Chiefs? Uh, for me, I'm going to go with uh, with Alex Smith. So my question that I guess I'll pose to you guys is um, putting aside the comeback story of it, the feel-good part of it, 
do you think that Alex Smith can find himself starting for a franchise in the NFL? So I, I want to I kind of quote a little bit of what Joe Theismann said here because he, he had some comments about his comeback here and the feel-good story. Theismann said that Alex's injury was much worse than his. I mean, if we all remember, Joe Theismann only had one surgery. Alex had 17, and there were a lot of complications. And he was, he was touch and go about losing his own leg. Um, so the fact that he's coming back and is, like, actually practicing is kind of phenomenal. It, it's crazy. But the NFL is also really accepting of aging players, especially the quarterback position, because in 1985, I mean, this is all paraphrasing what Theismann said here. In 1985, if you were 35, it was time to get rid of you, and you're out the door. But now if you can play decent and you can throw the ball down the field and lead a team to some wins, you've, you've got a job for a couple more years. Whether he actually plays or not, I mean – feel good story or not, Alex Smith is already like the leading candidate for comeback player of the year from almost losing his leg to actually on the field practicing. Now, as far as your question, can Alex Smith be the quarterback on the starting quarterback on an NFL team? I don't know. Cause you've already got you know, Dwayne Haskins already starting seven games last year and kind of showing some promise. It'd be kind of cool to see Alex Smith come back, play a season or two and, Dwayne Haskins be a min, uh, a, min, a mentee underneath Alex Smith and really kind of pass the reins over. I who knows what that organization at this point though. I mean, do you do you play Alex Smith and Adrian Peterson two of like older people in the league, or do you go with the the young crew? I mean, that that's really the question in my opinion. Is do you go with the old guys or the new guys? So I'm gonna say, would I want Alex? Smith starting for my team? Absolutely not. Would I sign him to my team? 100%, 150%. I mean, just from uh, uh, encouragement, just from inspiration, just from his track record in the NFL of of being a a team leader, uh, consistent player, and then, you know, like you were saying, it's a feel-good story of somebody who's really battled back. And I put out the documentary about his injury, so I watched it, and Man, that, he's tough as nails because he just from a mental, not even the physical of, of strengthening your body and healing to come back, but just the mental aspect of getting past the hurdles and the fear and and coming back and not only just getting back to normal, but to be able to come back to the highest level and be a, a quarterback and fell. That's good enough for me. That's good enough to get him a job on my team. And if I have a Dwayne Haskins or one of these young NFL quarterbacks I'd love for him to to be sitting next to me on the bench and helping to to turn the the kids into men yeah I mean he he, sorry Jacob uh he's a great role model he's a he's a great family guy he's he's a great dad from all reports I mean he's he's somebody that you want in the locker room whether or not he's starting or he's the backup mentor uh if you if you go back and ask me Aaron Rodgers or Alex Smith because that's always the debate yes you go Aaron Rodgers for play but if you want leadership you're going Alex Smith all day Excuse well me. Josh is gonna Josh disagree with me here. Excuse me? <laughs> Josh is definitely disagreeing with me here as I'm saying this I'm like oh no they can't see me I'm shaking my head so hard I got whiplash. <laughs> well I mean 
I, I was looking at pictures today. Aaron Rodgers is out there, like, not by any of the quarterback room. That He's just leaving the quarterbacks on the side. He's well, not participating him? with the other quarterbacks. I, I mean, mean no. Can you blame him right now? But he also – Jordan Love either. Yeah, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. But he also has looked at this same situation on, on, on his own end with Brett Favre. And he's going to – I guess he's just going to do the same thing to Jordan Love that Brett Favre did to him. I mean, he's been like this his whole career. This isn't like a one-time thing. This yeah. isn't because of Jordan Love. This is this is typical Aaron Rodgers to be standoffish. And we can have a whole discussion on it. Me and Josh have argued about this a hundred times. But it's typical Aaron Rodgers to be a little standoffish, to be passive-aggressive, be a little petty. And, I mean – this isn't this is new behavior. He he could oh my goodness. He could also be mad that Danica Patrick broke up with him. But first, first of all, um, I, I think it was the other way around. But I, <laughs> last I checked, being nice is not a prerequisite to being a good quarterback. So yep. if Aaron Rodgers throws thirty TDs, five interceptions, which he's known to do, then um, I don't care if he doesn't talk to the coach because he's winning. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I guess if you go back to look at it, Peyton Manning was kind of a dick. Uh, so was Tom Brady. But Andrew Luck and Philip Rivers don't have Super Bowl rings. So, and Andrew Luck was like the nicest guy on the planet. So, and he played for yeah like, three years. Yeah. All right. So we're not talking about Aaron Rodgers. This is all Alex Smith. I brought up Aaron Rodgers. I apologize. <laughs> we can talk about him later in the quarterback uh, room. Yeah. Um. So all right, Joel. You. you Wait, what? I was going to say one, one more thing just to yep. jump in on, on Alex Smith specifically. Um, like, I, I, loved, I love the comeback story, a part of it, but similar to Cam Newton and, and himself, mm-hmm. he, when he wants to get back, I haven't seen a video that shows me that he can move around in the pocket enough, well enough to protect himself. Just like for all the videos that Cam had, I didn't see the throw, like the throw that makes that tells me that his shoulder's okay. I saw, I mean, anybody can make throws. I can make throws, but there are certain NFL throws that you want to see. There's certain movement in the pocket that you want to see if you're going to put out a video. And I haven't seen it from him. So I'm still a little skeptical that he even, he's, he may be cleared, but I don't think he's necessarily. So yeah. That with yeah. I mean, he's on the Patriots. They can win the, the, are we talking about Cam or Alex Smith making the throw? Cam making a throw, but Alex Smith okay. his leg. Yeah. I didn't see him in the videos moving around in a way that tells me he can avoid yeah. the NFL pass. Yeah, correct. And and one hit, you never know. It could just be done for. So yeah, I, I mean, he does have that rod in his leg, which does help um, to pre- prevent injuries. But I mean, that's not going to prevent all injuries. That's just going to prevent his, his leg from not snapping in half again. Um, yeah. So, also, the Patriots have won several Super Bowls by Tom Brady throwing two yards on the field. So, don't forget that. <laughs> um, okay, so, Joel, you get to pick the next topic here. Again, the CFL canceling their season, the first black NFL president, uh, the Cowboys defensive line situation, or the Chiefs. I'm going to go with first black president Jason Wright. Yeah. So, that's the story. Um, I think she needs something good. For us to talk about, uh, it's been pretty bad the past couple of weeks. So he's getting he's getting handed a a hot potato with the sexual assault allegations and the name changes, and it looks like a good opportunity for him to really turn the franchise around. So 
I'm excited to see what he does. He's not only first black president of an NFL team, but he's also the youngest um, president of an NFL team. And, um, he was one of the representatives for the NFL during the lockout too. So he he has some experience um, in this world, and and I think he's going to do a great job. Yeah, he he becomes the fourth former player to also become a team president, which is which is cool to see those kind of things uh, when you go from playing to right to the front office. Um, in whatever path you get to the front office, but this is this is a really good story for the Washington football team. Um, I like this, especially after all of all of those reports with the Washington Post, then Darius Geis issues. I mean, the renaming of the team. It was just bad news. Bad news, Washington, for a very long time. This is this is a great story. Now that it, him and uh, Ron Rivera both there, I mean, really working together at this point to really create a new culture in Washington. So that that's good. Um, I still don't think the fans like Dan Snyder, but I don't think that'll ever go away. That's much harder to change <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Uh, just, just a little bit. So um, I, I want to pick one because this was kind of bigger, big news. Also this week, um, defensive end Everson Griffin signs a one year, $3 million contract with up to 6 million with incentives with the Dallas Cowboys um, earlier today, it broke that Gerald McCoy has a season-ending surgery uh, after uh, rupturing his quadricep. Mind you, he over the offseason, he signed a three-year deal worth $18 million. So they got him on for uh, a little bit more. Uh, what, what is that? $6 million a year. And then they just got Everson Griffin for potentially $6 million. So um, I guess that's good for uh, – Good foresight here. Foresight here. Uh, I mean, he's a defensive end. Gerald McCoy is a defensive tackle. So two different positions, but it does help their defensive line even after losing Gerald McCoy. So we're gonna. Oh, I'm sorry. I literally did not let did not let anybody else talk. Does Does anybody have any comments about Everson Griff's, uh, Griff? God, I can't talk tonight, guys. I I would I would say on on both those guys. I. I feel really bad for Gerald McCoy um I yeah. liked him I liked him when he was in Tampa I, he's he's always been a baller um and rupturing a quad I mean that's the that's the Victor Oladipo injury and it's it's a rare one but at the same time you we're everyone's kind of keeping an eye on Oladipo to see how he looks and he's not as explosive so it makes me worried that Gerald McCoy when he comes back won't be the same um, as for Everson Griffin I think that is that is a wonderful signing um, for the Cowboys if I'm a Cowboys fan as a as a Packer fan I've seen Everson on the other side uh, on the Vikings and he has personally wreaked havoc um, a lot of times and then he's 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 disruptive on his own to to change the game so I think that's a really big pickup for the Cowboys but also a really big setback losing McCoy so I, it might end up being a wash even on a money perspective six yeah. million and six million yeah absolutely and the the tough part there is that the Cowboys are I mean they're eating 18 million if he can't play again at this point so um, I'm Gerald McCoy's 32 years old. That's going to be a hard Vicks 28. So, I mean, that's not a huge age gap, but in sports world, once you get that 30 mark, I feel like you, like you're just declining after that point, which is so sad because I'm two years from 30. Um, 
I guess I'm some on the younger of, end. Some of us are 30 plus. <laughs> <laughs> um, we got to think about, too, this is a good – this is great for Demarcus Lawrence. Yep. Everybody gives him, That's true. gives him crap because he doesn't get the numbers and the sacks. This is a guy that's going to clog up one side of the field and leave him to, to do damage to so that. If I'm, if I'm Demarcus Lawrence, I'm loving it. I'm, lo- <laughs> I'm loving having a, having another, you know, a tag team that can really wreak havoc on the defensive end. And I'm always for paying pass rushers. That's what I always say. If you have money, give it to the pass rushers, give it to your quarterback. If there's guys on the team that you got to pay. They give a nasty pass rush that can win you a Super Bowl. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Demarcus Ware, Von Miller, that that won the yeah. Super Bowl. Uh, you got JJ Watt, and then Jadavian Clowney on the other side. I mean, you couldn't run on those guys, and they got pass rush. So, I mean, having right. having bookends that are my favorite, pretty good. My favorite uh, OC Humanura, JPP, uh, Justin Tuck. That that Giants oh, pass rush was yeah. not they were, funny. They were at, yeah. Ask Tom Brady yeah. about them. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to take a quick break here, and then we're going to come back and talk about some uh, interesting quarterback conversations. All right, guys, so last week we kind of started talking about a little bit of quarterbacks and decided that we're going to give its own separate segment here. Um, Josh and Joel, Josh, Joel, and I kind of had a, a pretty good discussion, even off air, about some quarterbacks. And it it was interesting. So, Jacob, we're going to bring you along here and uh, talk about some quarterbacks. We really want to talk about kind of like, you know, the quarterbacks that are set up to succeed like right now and will succeed going on. They're, they're poised for success for their career. Um, maybe even some guys that could probably succeed, but not on the current team they are. They need to go to a different team. And then those guys that, you know, just like, they're they're doing okay right now, but are gonna fail. I mean, just flat out fail. And one guy, I mean, one team that always comes to mind are the uh, the Browns. It's literally just like a career ender for every quarterback that goes there. Baker Mayfield. Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm not. I'm still not sold on Baker, but a lot of people are. So, guys, let's go ahead and just open this up here. Who do you think is really ready to succeed right now in the NFL? I'd say the obvious choice is Mar Jackson. Mar Jackson and, and Patrick Mahomes clearly are are what the future of the NFL quarterback looks like. And you know, Mahomes can move around enough. Mar Jackson is a freak athlete. Mahomes' arm is one of the best I've ever seen. Mar Jackson has a strong enough arm to to make plays and open the field up. Um, I think from a coaching standpoint, they've got two of the best behind them, and they seem like the new prototypical NFL quarterbacks. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, another guy that, that comes to mind for me is Kyler Murray. I think this year is is going to be something. I, I know I said earlier, you know, uh, in earlier podcasts that I was a year out on him, but just looking at the pieces they get, they get around them and, and, you know, we'll start to see more during training camps, but like, it's going to be hard to compete with the receiving core they have. Their running backs are pretty good, but I mean, Kyler Murray showed last year that, that he has the potential to be a really great quarterback. So I think, you know, in the future, it's going to be Lamar and Patrick Mahomes up there. But then I feel like Kyler Murray's a pretty close third. Um, I don't think he'll ever reach that level that they're at because they've already, you know, become these big superstars. But I think he's got the potential to be at least third. 
Yeah, Kyler Murray sold me last year. I, I was, I'll admit that I was one of those guys that said he was too small mm-hmm. and wouldn't last in the NFL. But I watched him play a couple games last year, and that dude is mobile. That dude can make all the passes. He's a leader. He's electric, and he's. I think he's got next. You're right. Uh, Kyler Murray is exciting, also, just because of the talent that's surrounded a that's around him right now. I mean, they just get DeAndre Hopkins. They've got uh, Larry Fitzgerald, who is probably the GOAT wide receiver next to Jerry Rice. And if you ask Jerry Rice, Larry Fitzgerald is the GOAT. Um, I mean, you get Kenyon Drake last season in the, in the middle of the season, replace him, replace David Johnson with him. I mean, you upgrade from, you, you go get Kenyon Drake, then you upgrade your running back by getting rid of David Johnson, who was your guy for DeAndre Hopkins that, that to me, the Cardinals still win that trade. Yeah. Um, I still wish they picked CD Lamb in the draft because that would have been perfect with Kyler Murray. But I, I, it's still hard for me to imagine that he's a Cowboy and not a Cardinal. Still, I, it's just mentally in my head, it's burned that CD Lamb's a uh, Cardinal. But he yeah. he set to, I mean, he set that offense is going to be oh no. Yeah. And one guy we haven't even talked about, Christian Kirk. That's your. Yeah, that's yeah. your number three now. That's yeah. your number three quarterback or, or, or wide receiver, and he was nice. He was yeah. nice at number two. So now you got your third best corner on him who can't cover him. So now you've got yeah. all these people running wild. You have a quarterback that you know can avoid the pass rush. He's quick. He's shifty. He can get it out. You have a coach that has a uh, a real uh, an offensive system, an offensive offensive system that gets the ball out of Kyler's hands. He's not sitting around. He, Kyler doesn't get hit. So it makes you feel like he can be around for a while. So I, I like it. I'm with you guys. Yeah. You brought up the Cowboys. I, I'm putting Dak Prescott in one of those guys that's probably going to end Stop up feeling. I think we've already had this discussion, but I think that Andy Dalton is the starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys before this year's over. Really? I'm saying it. I'm saying it. And so here's the thing, and this is firsthand experience because – Cincinnati is terrible, and their tickets are cheap, and they're not far from here. So I actually I've gone to several Bengals games, and they weren't losing because of Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton played really well. He makes big throws. He just didn't have really anyone to throw it to. His coaching was terrible. Like everything, everything around Andy Dalton was bad. And we saw with Tannehill, you go to another team that's know semi decent and now Tannehill he's not playing much better than he was before but he just looks better he looks invigorated the team's winning he's happy I think Andy Dalton's gonna get the same thing he was smart because there was a lot of teams that wanted him where he could have been the immediate starter and he purposely went to Dallas because he saw the pieces around he sees Dak Prescott underperforming and he looked you know he thinks okay I can take this team and do better than, than Dak. And maybe I'm not the forever quarterback, but I still have a couple of years left, and I why not go to a good team that's a possible Super Bowl contender? I don't think Andy yeah. Dalton is good enough to look at Dak and be like, oh, I'm going to take his job. Like, uh, Andy Dalton strikes me as the person that almost is guaranteed to throw that pick in the fourth quarter that ends the game early. So, yeah, he's it's not his fault that they – didn't win but it is his fault that they lost by 30 yeah i mean i'm so i'm on the dak bandwagon here i mean i feel like he's the guy moving forward i he might like i don't know i just he fits in that offense like like you mentioned they've got all these weapons and 
I'll, I mean, I'll say it. The, the pieces around him are better than him, but I mean, I just, you got to have somebody like Dak in there. Like, I just, I can't see him anywhere else. So I'm, I'm kind of with, I'm, I'm right. I'm right here in the middle, like literally right here in the middle because I, I see Joel's point here. Dak has to do something this year. I mean, he got franchise tagged again for the second year. Jerry Jones has clearly said, I'm not paying you top money. And that was before Patrick Mahomes got his $50 million a year. Dak's not getting $50 million a year. He, he, and he wants to be the top quarterback. So if he doesn't prove that he's the top quarterback, I think it's literally going to take an NFC championship game for him to get his money next year. Otherwise, I mean, he's going to have to settle on his $30 million, and I don't think he's going to settle on $30 million, so he's going somewhere else that's going to pay him. Yes, Dak will probably do good. I'm, don't get me wrong. Dak is going to do good this year just because of his weapons he has on the offense. You can't do bad with, you know, Zeke and CD and Amari Cooper. If, if he does bad, then that looks really bad on him, and here comes Andy Dalton for $7 million this year. See, I think the problem is everyone wants you, – you see the Cowboy star – Yep. And you think top five, you think Dallas is the Dallas is not the top five team. And the problem with franchising your quarterback is what happens if Dak is the seventh best quarterback in the league, eight, nine, um, what do you do? Do you franchise him again? Pay him all that extra money for, you know, number seven or eight, pay him number one money for a year and then possibly lose him. Or do you cut him the contract? So it, I, I feel that Dak is in a great position because even if he plays, all he, all Dak has to do is play above average to me. And he puts the Cowboys in a position where they either have to franchise him again or sign him. Because you, yeah. you can't play above average and then get let go because who are you bringing in? Andy Dalton? Andy right. Dalton is not better than Dak. No. Or, I don't, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't see why the Cowboys played this game. I think they should have just given him 33 um, and, and just realize that they may pay a little bit up front and, and it'll, it'll end up in five years, 33 million for a quarterback could end up being really cheap. I mean, Pat Mahomes is getting 45, 45 yeah. to $50 million a year. Yeah. And, and that's, that's what's getting me here is why didn't Jerry Jones just go and pay him? Because he knew Patrick Mahomes was getting this contract this year. Deshaun Watson's going to be getting the contract here soon too. Everybody's getting their contracts. Have you ever thought that? I say this every time when people tell you something, listen to them. If a if a team doesn't sign you and you're their quarterback, they don't want you to be their franchise quarterback. It's not a big secret. If a team keeps franchising you, they keep giving you the franchise tag, they're pretty much telling you clearly, we're not that interested in you being our, our franchise quarterback. When there's a franchise quarterback on a team, we don't even have this discussion. They get signed early. There's no franchise tag. They sign you early. They're telling them exactly what they how they feel about them. And we should just pay attention and listen because they're watching him every day. And with the team that he has around him, with the offensive line he has around him, with the, the weapons that, you know, Ezekiel Elliott running back, he should be winning more than one playoff game over all these years. And he had a really good start to his career, but he's underperformed. And I think that there's other quarterbacks that you can pay an Andy Dalton $7 million and use that money on something else for your team and get at least around the same level of production. 
Yeah, especially especially when they just got Everson Griffin on a one year three million dollars with three million incentive. I mean, that's literally under what they're paying Andy Dalton, and Andy Dalton's not going to see the field unless you know Dak screws up. But I get backup quarterbacks. You you got to pay backup quarterbacks a little bit. But I mean, th- this team. This team, yeah, this team is, I mean, their offense is set to win. I mean, they've, they're consistently one of the best offensive lines in the league. They've got Ziku. I don't know if it's the DeMarco Murray factor where like DeMarco Murray was really good behind an offensive line. And then he went to what the Eagles and like did nothing, but they've, they've got wide receivers now. They've got one of the best wide receivers in the league with Lamar Cooper, who I mean, is now the top paid wide receiver. They got CD Lamont in the draft. They, they're set. Like they, Dak has to perform this year. I mean, that's it. Mike, Mike, I, I, we have to go back to recent history, right? So that, that history usually is a good indicator of the of the future. So the last time that a quarterback was franchise tagged, Washington, um, how did that work out? So they, exactly. they paid they paid him how much money and then let him go and he signed for eighty eight million for four years. So that's twenty two million dollars. Exactly. Kirk Cousins. And and if Washington's looking back now, if do you think Washington would give Kirk Cousins eighty eight million dollars to be their quarterback now? I think they would, based off of what they have. They they rolled the dice, they they franchised him twice, they rolled the dice, let him go, and now they're stuck with Dwayne Haskins, who's got a lot of question marks, um, and and Alex Smith, who's who's essentially got one leg. I, I can't see how Washington can look back at that maneuver and tell me that it worked out in their favor. Like you, you can't you can't view that you, as a you as said a win. it yourself though. They they rolled the dice. I mean that's that's all the draft is. They rolled the dice on Dwayne Haskins. It doesn't look like it was a big winner, but you rolled the dice, and it. But we could have been talking about a Deshaun Watson or somebody else that they picked. could have been talking about a Dak Prescott. I mean, Dak wasn't a first round pick, so, so we're not. Yeah, exactly. I'd be willing to take that risk. I'd be willing to take that risk because just because the upside is so high, the downside is you get Dwayne Haskins, who I don't think is doing necessarily much worse than what Kirk Cousins is or would have done. I mean, I don't think you're winning the Super Bowl or necessarily even going to the playoffs with Kirk Cousins. Right. He's underperformed as well. I, I, he's not your, but he's I, not your franchise. I think don't pay anybody that's not your franchise quarterback. Don't give them these I, huge contracts. Don't give into their money. It's it, You have to think about it from a long-term strategy. You roll the dice on a quarterback. The way that the quarterbacks are rolling in nowadays, next year you try again. Who knows? I, you know, you draft no. another quarterback and see if that works. Nah. I mean, for me, I, I if, it's, if you're you not getting that. Trevor Lawrence, then you're not getting a quarterback in next year's draft. But, I mean, at that point, then it maybe works out in Dallas's favor to start Dalton, and then you just see what happens work for that pick. But I don't know. The word's called tanking. <laughs> well, I'm going to switch it up now. So we talked about Andy Dalton on Dallas. Well, what about the, the guy who's in Cincinnati now, Joe Burrow? I think he's uh, – I think he's destined for failure. And no one's no one's listening to me, but I've watched a lot of that Cincinnati football, and that guy's got no chance, man. It doesn't matter how good he is. It's just not a good organization. He doesn't have a good team around him. It really doesn't matter how good you play as an individual in, in football. 
because there's so many other pieces that have to work and it just it doesn't look good for him. I, I, I don't I don't think he's going to succeed either. Uh, but for that situation, I don't think Joe Burrow's that good. Uh, yeah, he won the Heisman, but I also saw him play at Ohio State. It's like the year before we all are like, was it two years ago? We all forgot what that what that version of Joe Burrow looked like, and he looked he looked okay. He looked average. He gets into a new offensive system with the with the LSU, and was it Joe Brady who's running that? And and then he looks all world. So that tells me I'm not sure that Joe Burrow was the true factor in in the success of that team. He helped. And I'm not saying he's bad by any means, but I don't think he's he's number one pick or the and he seems like a, a a rhythmic quarterback. And what scares me about rhythmic quarterbacks is the NFL is not a a, a rhythmic game or that football is not a rhythmic game. So you have to the people who make the money are the Russell Wilsons the Aaron Rodgers, the people who can get out of the pocket, Kyler Murray's, you know, all those people, they can move, they can get out of the pocket. Joe Burrow can't do that. And Joe Burrow's not Drew Brees, I don't think. I mean, you guys correct me if you if you think I'm wrong, but if you're not going to be that mobile, you have to be as accurate as as Drew Brees. And I don't think he's got the right combination to to succeed, especially in Cincinnati, where they set you up to fail there. So, Plenty yeah. of little hands. I, I haven't watched <laughs> I I haven't watched enough like actual tape of Joe Burrow to really come up with a decision on this. The only thing I can really say is that AJ Green looks healthy, so hopefully that helps. They got T. Higgins from Clemson. Joe Mixon's really young and is doing pretty well with literally nothing on that team. And especially when they're expecting you to run the ball at this point. I'm hoping that the pieces around him can do something, but I mean, this is kind of like a, I hate to say it, an Andrew Luck situation where they don't have an offensive line. So if they don't have that offensive line, he's not going to stay healthy. He's not going to be, I mean, his career is going to be very short if, if, if they don't get something up there. Yeah. I, I think they're very underprepared for him. Like, yes, you have AJ green, but he's an old AJ green and you get T Higgins but still, that's kind of an unknown quality. You're not going to know what he's going to do in the NFL. You have Tyler Boyd um, and, and some other receivers, but nobody that really stands out that's going to help Joe Burrow's game. I mean, you want to have – I mean, you have Joe Mixon, but that's more in the run game. That's not necessarily going to help him in the pass game, which is where he needs to to perform. So, I, yeah, and, and you talk about the offensive line. I mean, I don't think – I don't think the Bengals set him up for success. Like, I think they're – and if they're going to want to keep him, I think they're going to have to add more pieces, which – I don't know who wants to go play in Cincinnati right now. So, I like that phrase, underprepared. Yeah, underprepared for him. I'd agree. And Joe Mixon was the, was the only bright spot on that team. He, he was the dude all back. AJ Green, if I had a dollar for every time he looked good at the beginning of the season and played two games, yep. <laughs> <all entire>, mm-hmm. <laughs> so they, I think every fantasy owner can, can say now. that. Whoa, now you're talking to the guy who drafts AJ Green in the second round every year. So. <laughs> Yeah, I was about to say, I'm sure every fantasy owner can decide that one. Um, no, I honestly, the Bengals should have traded that pick. I mean, they could have got a yeah. lot out of that pick because some team was going to get him that could have actually used him. But they went with Joe Burrow. They wrote it. So, I would have um, demanded not to go. I would have pulled the, yeah. pulled the John Elway. John Elway, and you know, I'm not going there. And I he almost did. Well. He, he almost did that. From Ohio. 
that's yeah, the problem. That's, that's the, the, yeah, that was yeah. the problem. That was the problem. But if, I think him on another team, him on a, on a team with the, you know, maybe it's San Diego or one of the other teams I was looking for a quarterback is a completely different story. But yeah, I mean, Bengals, I'm sure they could have traded with San Diego because they, they went and got Justin Herbert. So they were clearly going to draft a quarterback. Uh, maybe the Packers. Packers could have traded up for him. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we need to watch out for. That Jordan Love, man. I was, I've watched some tape on him. He's he's going to be ready. And he gets to sit behind Aaron Rodgers for a year. He gets to get NFL ready. He's going to be on a, on a team with a coach who I like. <laughs> I think he. I think we're He's looking at the, the Packers. I know never I'm hurting Josh's feelings right now, but I, I think Aaron Rodgers is my quarterback till he's fifty. Oh, he, he might be a fan of another team. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he yeah, might yeah. be on another team next year. So, uh, well, I so I would like to talk about uh, a quarterback, and this is my well, I'll call him the mattress pick because I feel like a lot of people are sleeping on him. So, I'm going to go with Drew Locke. Out of Denver. Yep. I think I think Drew is better than most people realize. I'm watching some tape of him at um Mizzou and he didn't he didn't have the group there that was that that nice. Um, but he did a lot with what he was given. And I think I mean he showed up on the scene in Denver and all of a sudden they look like a better team. Yep. And I, there there wasn't really much that changed outside of Drew. He got there and they started winning games. Like what they pulled like the what was it? The Joe Jimmy Fleck, Garoppolo though. number. Yeah. Yeah. Got rid of yeah. him. And then, I mean, yeah. Drew Locke, he, yeah. I think he only played like five or six games, but. And yeah. won four out of five or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, and they weren't flukes. Like he was out here running around throwing the ball versus teams that actually were trying to get him. So I, I, I there's, there's a lot of unknown there, but I just want to be on record saying that be on the lookout for Drew Locke and don't be surprised if this guy wins. So nine or ten games. Yes. So our first guest ever on this podcast was uh, Keegan from Broncos Brawl, who covers all things Broncos. Um, and he he really, I think, really got Drew Locke on a Jacob and I's radar. Oh yeah. And I'm I'm really 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 hoping nobody in my work league dynasty is paying attention to this podcast because th- this is going to be my second round pick like deep because I don't think he's going in the first round in our free agent draft, um. So I'm I'm talking too much because you guys are already in another dynasty <laughs> league with me, but I don't think I'll get Drew Lock in that league anyways. But yeah, I mean you, he's he's set. At this point, I mean, you bring in Philip uh, Melvin Gordon. You have Philip Lindsay already. Royce Freeman's not terrible still. Uh, Cortland Sutton. You draft Jerry Judy. You got Noah Fant still. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, and this guy's got the swagger for Denver. Yeah, it's gonna be. Yeah. Well, what was I was gonna say is you know you talk about Cincinnati being underprepared. I mean, the Broncos were – they're preparing this year for Drew Locke. I mean, you don't go out and get Melvin Gordon. You don't go out and draft Jerry Judy, K.J. Hamler. Bolster that offense if you're not planning on him being successful. So, yeah. There's a video. I, I'm all in on Drew Locke. There's a video of him on the sideline, and he's rapping to a young Jeezy song. That's one yes. of my favorite songs. I love that it. enough for me. I, if he never threw a pass, he would still be all famous. Hey. Yep. Yeah. yeah, no, like, I love it. He's, he's one of those guys that has the juice. You know, you're not sure what it is or how, but he's like, I, I'll catch passes from that guy. You know, yeah. like he seems like a winner. There's, I don't know what it is. 
it's some sort of gene that he's he's got and I feel comfortable with him at the helm it's kind of a I would almost say the same thing about Jimmy Garoppolo until I saw that Super Bowl he looked bad <laughs> but up until then he was <laughs> a quarterback swag, I guess a quarterback swagger you have to yeah you have to and that I think that's what Marcus Mariota was missing he has the tools and everything that you need from a quarterback but you need the confidence you need it's almost at the brink of cockiness but that's what you need in your quarterback to go out there. And Baker Mayfield has a little bit too much, but that, yeah. that's what yeah. you need. There, there's a fine line because yeah. there's a fine line. You could have none, but be a Hall of Fame quarterback. I mean, look at Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, all of those prototypical quarterbacks. I would put Tom Brady in that cocky kid. Yeah. I mean, cocky, yes, but not yeah. like he's not on the sidelines going like this. I mean, I he's like he yelling gets, at his players. He gets pretty. He fired gets fired up. up. I, I've seen him yes, yell at Josh McDaniels. Yeah. Yes, like he but was his but son. Like that's that that's kid. different. That's <laughs> that's not they what I'm talking about, though. Young Jeezy. I, Drew Locke went the Young Jeezy route. They don't all have to do Young Jeezy. Well, that, yeah, that's, so, a, that's but, a generational thing. Choice. Like Tom Brady, that's just. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's just too old for that. So. But but what I'm saying is there, there's this fine line where you can be like super super good but you don't have to have that swag or like if you're not that good, like the only way people are going to really like you is by having that. And I feel like Baker Mayfield is kind of overcompensating because I don't think he's a good quarterback. I really don't. He just has enough swag to really carry him on the field. You're all laughing at me right now. I I don't like the swag of Baker Mayfield, but I think he, I think he's a good quarterback. I think he's one of those guys where if you put him on another team, yes, um, yes, he's probably successful because he makes some good throws. But right now, honestly, I mean, the, the Browns are almost too stacked on offense without anybody who knows how to coordinate them. So they, they're just they literally just have all the pieces and don't know what to do with them. I think yeah. if you put if you put Baker on another team, he's he's winning a lot more games. Yeah, I don't know how you're that bad and have Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry like to throw the ball to. You have David and Joko go out and get Austin Hooper. I mean, two stud running backs. Like, I don't know how you're you're still that mediocre. That's that's what happens when you hire a coach that isn't ready. Yeah, um, they hired Freddie Kitchens as an offensive coordinator, or sorry, as a as the head coach. Freddie is is a is a he's still even an inexperienced offensive coordinator. I don't think he's he was ready for that. He was that. never an offensive he, coordinator. He was never was even an offensive coordinator. Then that that's that explains a lot. That explains a lot. He's he they didn't they didn't have the right guy. And who do they have? Stefanski now from, from Minnesota. We'll see. Um, but what what he what he did with Kirk Cousins, um, Stefan Diggs, and Adam Thielen. I mean, we'll, we'll we'll see. We'll see if it was if it was Diggs and Thielen carrying Kirk Cousins, or if it was Stefanski scheming him open because Diggs made some great catches. Diggs, yeah. Diggs is a is an amazing receiver. Adam Thielen, I've always wondered why that man was open. I because I, he's not terribly fast. He's not he's not that great at anything particularly, but he's always open. And it could be the route running, but that that's the sign that somebody's scheming him open. And I think that's what's happening, and I'm hoping that translates to to the Browns because I'm tired of seeing them suck. Yeah, that that's the same thing for the Rams, same thing for the Chiefs. Where it, yep, it's yep. just somebody's like, it looks like someone just walked off the bench and the sidelines stood on the field, and you're like, what? 
who's guarding that guy? Why is he wide open? It's definitely coaching. You can, you can tell when it's coaching getting a guy open. And uh, I'm sorry, guys, but I just had a I, I can't shake this image of Tom Brady like jamming to Phil Collins on the <laughs> sideline, and we're just like, yeah, yeah, Tom's in the zone. Tom's got the juice right now. <laughs> I would never want to hear Tom Brady's playlist. Oh. It's probably just, it's probably terrible. All right. Well, uh, I, I think that was a pretty good talk. I think next week we should talk about running backs and just keep going right down this list. Um, Cause this is some pretty good discussion and I feel like we could talk for another two more hours, but we don't need to break down every quarterback <laughs> in their backup. So um, Josh, Jacob, Joel, all the J names, we're all here. Um, thanks again for coming back on. Uh, and everybody, we'll see you next week. Have a great week. And uh, football is almost, almost back. We're almost to the regular season. And honestly, if there was preseason, it'd be here already. So uh, we're, we're getting closer and closer to the season starting. So more and more to talk about here soon. Um, and until next week, see you guys later. That's it for this episode. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Not only should you follow us on social media, please like, subscribe, and share our podcast with all your friends that talk about sports. The only way our podcast can grow is by you talking about it. Want to be featured on our show? Send us your questions via social media or send an email to sayitagainsports at gmail.com. See you next time on Say It Again Sports. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.